Hello and welcome to the United on Wheels podcast. I am your hostess with the mostest, Paul Amadeus Lane. I am so happy to have you join me today. Why? Because we need your help. We need your help to mobilize. There is something going on that you want to make sure that you're a part of. And I'm going to be joined by a very special guest that's going to talk about how you can be involved, how your family can be involved, and how our involvement can, can really make a difference. And when we are always talking about changing things, um, there's really no blueprint on how to do it and how to do it successfully. But there are some tried and true methods um, that we can employ uh, that can no doubt help us to move mountains. It has in the past and it will continue to do in the future. But before we bring on our very special guests, don't forget, go to our website, unitedspinal.org. And yes, it is our 75th anniversary. You can find out some of the great things that are going on you, that you could be a part of. Check out the website. You will not be disappointed. We have resources, information on membership, information on how you can find support, your rights, our story. And you can even call a resource center. Pretty cool. COVID support, all these other great things. Don't miss out on our amazing, our amazing website. You can always connect with me personally if you like, but it's not about me. But if you do, paulamadeuslane.com. All social media platforms, Paul Amadeus Lane. Let's connect. Let's chat. Let's talk about how great United Spinal is and what we can do to really move mountains when it comes to living with a disability and how we can really not only help those like ourselves, but our, our families too. We never want to forget how important they are to us to help us just to continue to live each and every day. Well, I hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing safe during these crazy times. And uh, remember, when we band together, when we treat people the way we want to be treated, life is just so much better. Never forget that. All right. Well, that's my preaching today from my rolling pulpit. <laughs> but now let's bring on our very special guest. And we're going to talk about advocacy, what we can do to help out, and how can we can how we can probably amass our army ourselves uh, to help United Spinal during the 75th year anniversary. I'm so happy to have my next guest with me. We're talking about the amazing, the outstanding, the stupendous Steve Lieberman. Steve is the Director of Policy and Advocacy over at United Spinal Association. Steve, how are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you, Paul? I'm doing fantastic. Great to chat with you. Before I brought you on, I talked about some of the great just parts of the United Spinal Association that um, maybe some of us are not aware of, you know, because of the just not knowing. But that's why we wanted to have you on, Steve, to talk about, you know, the great department that you oversee and why it's so beneficial for the community. And, and Steve, why don't you give us a little rundown of, of what you do and the department that you oversee over at United Spinal Association? So, um uh, I, I can't take credit for overseeing it. I'm part of a great department uh, at United Spinal, um, our advocacy and policy department, headed by the wonderful Alex Benowith, but I work very closely with her. Um, and, you know, my, my role within the organization is to really serve as the, you know, 
the, the nexus point for, you know, the stuff that we do on the policy side and the stuff we do on the advocacy side. So, you know, we're involved in a whole range of different discussions on, uh, you know, public policy at the federal level and at the state level, um, you know, United Spinal's, you know, bread and butter issue um, for so many years has been transportation. You know, we, uh, you know, we're the, the catalyst for, um, you know, getting uh, lifts on buses first in New York and in Philly and then nationwide as part of the ADA. Um, you know, uh, we were, we've been focused on getting, uh, you know, all the taxis uh, in New York to get them uh, accessible to get the subway accessible, um, in New York. Um, and you know, that, that's been our, uh, you know, for, for decades, transportation has been a really big issue for us, but we're involved in so many different areas, um, you know, caregiving, um, you know, autonomous vehicles, which are much closer, uh, to being a reality than most people, uh, are really, uh, aware of, um, we're actually pretty close to that, making sure that, um, you know, as, as they come online, um, that, you know, the folks that make them adhere to principles of universal design so that they're accessible from jump. Uh, we don't have to uh, worry about retrofitting them. Um, you know, we're, uh, uh, you know, focused on getting, uh, broadband out to folks across the country, which benefits, uh, the community we represent. Um, you know, making sure that, uh, you know, folks have, uh, you know, the wheelchairs that they need that, you know, they don't have to, you know, fight with, uh, you know, uh, Medicare, uh, uh for, uh, their accessories. Um, you know, I mean, th there's a lot that we do, um, you know, at, when the COVID-19 pandemic came on, you know, we were making sure that, um, you know, that there wasn't any, uh, discrimination or bias in terms of medical treatment. Um, you know, there was a concern, um, early on that, uh, you know, for those folks that use vents, um, that, uh, if, if somebody that used a vent needed to go in for medical treatment, that the, you know, the protocols that the, you know, the healthcare system, um, uh, or, you know, or that were promulgated by the state, uh, would say, oh, well, if someone has a vent, um, and they've been using it for years that, oh, they can just take it and give it to somebody else. We want to make sure now we we're not going to let that happen. So, you know, we work with uh, the Department of Health and Human Services at the federal level, their Office of Civil Rights, to make sure that they put out guidance to states and, uh, you know, hospital systems to make sure they say, hey, you know, you know, the, you know, folks have rights under, you know, our federal civil rights laws under the ADA, and we're going to make sure that they continue to be followed. So, you know, we're, you know, uh, I, I can go on accessible voting, you know, making sure that everybody's got their voting rights, you know, I mean, it, it, there's a lot that we do, you know, and then on the, you know, advocacy side, you know, we back up, you know, what we, what we uh, are trying to do with, you know, our, our advocates are, you know, folks that are, you know, reaching out um, to their elected officials and, you know, making their voices heard and, um, you know, making sure that we're, uh, um, you know, backing up, uh, you know, all the, uh, the work that we do with, you know, demonstrating uh, that there's such a, uh, a broad, uh, you know, broad support, uh, you know, deep support, you know, out in the communities that these folks represent. So, you know, it's just sort of a, you know, a, uh, you know, a marriage of, of, of these two things that, you know, you blend them together and it makes it all, makes it all work. That is so true. And, and I forgot, we can't, we can't forget about the wonderful Alex. I mean, Alex is like, she is so awesome uh, to work with and deal with. And, uh, and yeah, she, you got to have a lot of fun working with Alex. 
Yeah, I, you know, it's a it's a great uh, great relationship. I have a lot of fun working with her. Um, you know, um, I you know, well, I can't say I come into work every day because it's you know, I, I, you know, for at least for the last few months um, since I moved to the suburbs, um, I've just been going downstairs. I actually. Um, you know, I, I moved to the suburbs at the end of January, and prior to that, I was actually the only person going into the office in uh, in DC because I could actually, um, you know, it was only 15 minutes away uh, in in walking distance. So it was like, you know, I, I was going to an empty office, and it was it was great. It was, uh, you know, uh, I could uh, you know get my work done, and I have to worry about you know my my uh, uh, now three and a half year old and one year old uh, hanging off off of me when I'm trying to do work. So, but you know, it's great. Um, you know, I have, a, I have a lot of fun doing what I, what I do. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that I'm doing it. I, I love it. And I, I'm looking forward that if your three-year-old does come in, that we can make her part of the interview. I think that's <laughs> the kids are a part of it. Uh, and you know what, um, Alex, uh, I know when you and I talked before, uh, you have a really awesome, unique perspective when it comes to advocacy, when it comes to um, the disability community, and, and it has to do with your former uh, employment and what you did. You mind sharing that with us, please? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, uh, before joining United Spinal in August of 2019, I spent 10 years on Capitol Hill. Um, I would work for Senator Bob Menendez in New Jersey. Um, and, you know, during that time, I mean, I, um, you know, as I worked my way up through the office doing a whole bunch of different roles, um, you know, I was, um, you know, I, I helped, you know, every, you know, a lot of different folks out on different policy portfolios. I pitched in on different things. And then I, you know, got my own uh, spot working on, uh, you know, healthcare policy, children, women, seniors, people with disabilities. Um, that was the, the area that I was uh, uh, working on for the last six years that I was up there. Um, but, you know, I was one of the very few um, openly disabled staffers on the Hill. I'm autistic the only openly autistic staffer that I was aware of on the Hill, um, you know, and I, I tried, you know, a whole bunch of times to start a uh, disabled, uh, disabled staff association on the Hill. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately there aren't, there just weren't enough um, folks that were, you know, out openly identifying as having a disability um, to come together and start one. And so, you know, one of the things that, you know, I'm focused on and, trying to make sure that uh, comes to fruition is making sure that, uh, you know, Congress uh, makes it a priority to hire disabled staffers uh, because there's a, a certain perspective that we bring to policy analysis that, you know, gets lost a lot of the time. And one thing that the whole community uh, finds um, when it comes to policy development is, you know, there will be, you know, an office that'll say, oh, you know, we have a great idea for, you know, X thing, um, you know, let's, you know, go ahead and draft up a bill for it. And then, you know, because disability is present in, in everything, in every aspect of our society, um, you know, all, all too late, you know, folks will realize, oh, wait, this, you know, we didn't account for how this would impact, you know, folks with disabilities. And so, you know, then the disability community has to come in, like at the last minute, and be like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. we got to, you know, let, let's, let's talk through this. And, you know, figure out a way to, uh, you know, make this work for our community too. So, you know, like for example, on the, you know, the plastic straw ban thing, you know, that's being pushed, you know, in different parts of the country. Um, and, you know, some, you know, folks in Congress are pushing it as well. Um, you know, it doesn't account for 
the fact that, you know, there are folks that, that need plastic straws, you know? And, uh, you know, like I, I get, it's like the low hanging fruit that like, you know, some folks are, uh, you know, thinking, oh, you know, here's a way to, you know, make a dent, um, you know, be pro environmental, but, you know, there's, uh, you know, a whole bunch of folks out there that, that rely on them, you know, just, you know, day to day. And so, you know, we, we want to make sure that, you know, we're not, you know, classifying plastic straws as basically like contraband that, you know, oh, like you can, you can sell them, but they can't be like out front, like on your shelves, like, you know, uh, you know, somebody has to like ask for them. Like, you know, it's like a behind the counter item. Well, you know, that's, you know, discriminatory. Um, and so, you know, we want to make sure that we're, you know, thinking about, you know, all these issues in a way that, um, you know, takes into account the largest minority group in the country, 61 million adults in this country, um, are, you know, folks with a disability. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's something that, you know, not enough folks, you know, at least, um, in, in Congress and, you know, in legislatures around the country, they don't think about it enough. And large part of that is because they don't have folks on staff that either A, identify somebody that has a disability or B, they don't have, you know, uh, you know, disability issues as a part of their issue portfolio. They don't assign that within their office. And so there's nobody applying that lens to policy development. And then, you know, that gets lost. Yeah, I'm glad you glad you share that because we know when ones from either side of the aisle um, talk about like like the band on on uh, on straws and everything, they always say, "Oh, it's infringing upon your freedoms and blah blah blah." But I, I think it would be more advantageous if they said, "What is it going to do to our disabled community and our disabled constituents?" And then I think more people will listen because they're like, "Yeah, we're going to affect a lot of people's lives out there, so we can't." We can't take this away, but it seems like, and, and you know this better better than better than me, um, uh, Steve. That you know what we hear in the media, what really goes on behind closed doors. You know, we, you know, it's, it's probably not not as much drama as we as we think it is, or maybe it may be more drama than we think it is. But, but you know, I, I think, like you said, if more people like us were were on the staff, were on um, just just working around Capitol Hill, I think they would it would put a name to the face. It would put a uh, feelings to the individual, and I think it would it would do a lot of great things, and and that and that, that takes us to our our, our next uh, topic. We're going to talk about advocacy and and what can constituents do um, to really to really help this cause out. Steve, what can we do? Yeah, I, you know, look, um, the whole time I was up on Capitol Hill, I spent I spent time reading the constituent emails and getting a feel for, okay, here's what, you know, here's, you know, how, you know, here's, here's the effective methods of advocacy. Here's the effective ways of communicating with members of Congress. Here's how you, um, you know, take what you are looking to push and, okay, here's, um, you know, you, you can take, you know, your, your, you know, high powered, um, you know, groups with a whole lot of money behind them. You can have your individual advocates. And like a lot of times I would find that, you know, even just, you know, that, that lone person, that one individual um, who went about their business the right way and did all the right things could accomplish more than, you know, the, you know, the company that's coming in saying, oh, we got a whole lot of jobs in your state. Um, you know, you got to, you know, help us out, blah, blah, blah. Um, it, it, 
it's so important that folks understand just how how little you really have to do at a base level to get your message across and to get um, you know the folks in Congress and in elected office to listen to you. It's you know it, it's not that terribly hard to do, uh, but the 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 fact of the matter is you don't have enough folks that are doing it, especially in the disability community. Um, you know. You know, I, I would sit up there, you know, at, at my desk, you know, on Capitol Hill, you know, going through the emails and, you know, reading, um, you know, as they would come in and I'd, I'd say, oh, you know, here, here's different groups that, you know, um, you know, they're, they're pushing their message, they're getting their message out. Um, and, you know, you understand like, okay, you know, the environmental groups have a lot of people that, you know, respond on different things. The animal rights groups have a lot of people that respond on different things that send their messages in to their members of Congress. And then the disability community, despite the fact that, you know, we, again, we, we're the largest minority group in the country overall, writ large at 61 million people. And within, you know, the, you know, if you break it down even further, you know, the SCID community, that's about 2 million people in the country. If you want to break it down even further, if you want to just go with SCI, um, you know, that's 300,000 people in the country. Um, you know, I, we're, we're not, you know, we need to do a better job, I think, of, of flexing our muscle on Capitol Hill and, um, you know, making sure that we're, you know, engaging with our elected officials on a consistent basis throughout the year. Like, um, you know, we, we do our role on Capitol Hill every year in June, which, you know, it's coming up. Um, and, you know, we're doing it virtually this year. Um, you know, last year, unfortunately, due to the pandemic, we had to pivot and, uh, you know, we scrapped the, the role, but then we did four advocacy series events. Or was it three? I think it was three. We did three advocacy series events. We're doing four advocacy series events this year. Um, but, you know, we do a great job with Rolling Capitol Hill, but you know, I remember, you know, I, I, um, you know, I, I took six of those meetings um, with United Spinal as a staffer. Um, you know, I, I would meet with Nick Labassi and the rest of the New Jersey contingent, um, and you know, it was great. And you know, they, you know, articulated everything they needed to articulate. Um, but you know, I think about you know what I would hear from folks in our community and when I would hear from them and I'd be like, hey, we, we need to be we need to be communicating on a more frequent basis, on a consistent basis, so that you know it only amplifies what we're trying to do with our role on Capitol Hill. That you know when, when we have folks that are communicating on a regular basis, on a consistent basis throughout the year on the issues that matter to our community, then when we have folks that come in for the role, it just, you know, it makes our message that much more powerful. And they say, oh yeah, I remember reading your emails. I remember, you know, these issues that you brought up, you know, last month, two months ago, three months ago. Um, and then it's, oh, wow. You know, I, you know, you had X number of people that were emailing about this. You know, I know that you have you know, demonstrated the commitment you've demonstrated, uh, you know, just how many, you know, folks, you know, back home care about this issue. And so it just makes it that much more powerful. And so what we're trying to build at United Spinal now is, you know, we're calling it our district mobilization program. You know, the idea here is 
we're trying to, and you see the, uh, uh, the, the map up here where we are now, um, you know, the idea is we want to get registered advocates across the country um, in every single congressional district, all 435. So right now we've got 482 advocates who have signed up, who filled out the sign up form around the country um, in 262 congressional districts. So that's over 60% in 45 states. So, you know, the only states where we don't have anybody, anybody signed up right now are Alaska, Idaho, Montana, North Dakota, and Utah. Um, every other state, we've got at least one person who's signed, who's signed up. But you know, the, what we're trying to do here is make sure that when we're sending out action alerts and we're you know, trying to communicate with folks in Congress on issues that are important to our community, that we have advocates out there who will be sending in those, those emails, responding to those action alerts to their members of Congress so they hear from us on a consistent basis on the issues that we care about. And so it's not just, you know, the role, which is great, but it's throughout the year so that we can, you know, make sure that Congress is hearing what we have to say. Um, and, you know, they, they take us, you know, in, with the utmost seriousness. That makes a lot of sense. And we, we actually have another, another screen right here too. Um, Steve, and, and tell us a little bit about this one. Yeah. So th this, I call the heat map. So, you know, we want, you know, I, I find sometimes, you know, with the other map folks are like, oh, well, you know, there's, there's an advocate already signed up in my district, so I don't have to worry about it. Well, no, we're trying to get as many folks signed up as we can get around the country. Um, you know, so, you know, e even if you see on the map, oh, there's somebody signed up in my district. No, I want you to sign up. You who's listening, I want you to sign up because it is so important that we get critical mass, that we get enough folks who sign up and register and who send in our emails on a consistent basis, um, that you know, when the, the staffer looks in their email inbox and sees the number of folks who've written in and sent this letter in on whatever issue it is, whether it's, you know, for example, spinal cord injury model systems, we're trying to get um, an increase in funding hasn't been funding hasn't been increased for spinal cord injury model systems in 15 years since 2006. And, you know, there's been a whole lot of other programs at the federal level that have gotten uh, an increase in funding. Um, but SCI model systems have been kind of like siloed over in a, a portion of the federal bureaucracy that has kind of been like forgotten about by the folks that care about, um, you know, funding for, you know, research on different things, you know, medical research, in, in this case, you know, research on rehab, um, you know, they've given, you know, large increases to, um, to medical research in a whole lot of different areas over the last few years. Uh, but because um, the, the uh, National Institute on Disability, Independent Living and Rehabilitation Research, NIDLR, is housed within the Administration on Community Living, as opposed to under the National Institutes of Health, which is where you would, you know, most folks in Congress say, oh, this is where the research funding is. You know, it's been forgotten because it's not under that rubric, it's under another one. Uh, but so the heat map, I just want folks to, to understand, you know, we want as many folks as possible to sign up. So, you know, you can see there are a few districts where we've got, you know, at least five people um, who've, who've signed up in that district. So, you know, for example, um, you know, you look at Northeastern Iowa, you look at Northern Missouri, Northeastern uh, uh, Pennsylvania, you look in, there's a district in, um, in New Hampshire and uh, in uh, Portland, Oregon. 
we have at least five districts signed up. Oh, and uh, uh, in the um, uh, Hudson Valley uh, in New York, we, uh, we've also got five, uh, actually in that district, I think we have eight or nine folks who've signed up in that district. But you know, the, the point of this is we wanna get as many folks to sign up because when we all band together, when we all you know, are you know, sending in these messages, um, it just amplifies what we're trying to do. And, you know, you, you open your inbox and see, you know, if you're, you know, at a statewide level and you see, you know, 60 people who've written in, you know, from United Spinal on a particular issue, you go, whoa, okay. You know, now I have to like take this more seriously than if it's, you know, like one or two people, um, you know, then you, 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 you know, have, you know, more of a, um, uh, uh, an interest, uh, a, um, you know, uh, it's, you know, much more, uh, impactful, um, you can tell to your community, um, you know, not that it, not that these issues aren't impactful already. It's just that, you know, for, you know, when you're, you know, sitting up in Congress, um, you know, you you rely totally on the messages that come in. You rely totally on what you hear from the community. And if folks aren't speaking up, then you know the folks that are in charge that you know make these decisions aren't going to be acting on them because they haven't heard from the folks that are impacted by them. Now that makes sense. And when we look at this map too, Steve, we notice that there are some areas where there are no no groups. Yeah. Um, well, what can we do to to fill that in? So you know, um, for the folks that are watching, if you see your community is in uh, an area that you know, is in gray, which means that there's nobody who signed up, please, you know, go to our sign up form, which is at unitedspinal.org slash grassroots dash advocacy dash network. That's where the sign up form is. Um, you know, there are, you know, different sections of the country where we, you know, definitely need more advocates where we have no advocates right now. Um, in particular, I want to call out Southern California. Uh, we need a lot more advocates in Southern California. There are a lot of districts that we have uh, uh, gaps in there. Uh, but, you know, if you look at, you know, places like, uh, you know, in you know, the Charlotte, North Carolina area, um, you look at, you know, St. Louis, you look at, um, you, know, uh, uh, you know, South Texas, um, Ohio, um, you know, Detroit, um, you know, there's a lot of places where we don't have anybody signed up currently. Um, but, you know, regardless of where you are, I want to stress this, regardless of where you are, we want you to sign up because it's so important that we get, you know, a critical mass of advocates everywhere around the country signing up for this, you know, and we're not asking for a lot of folks time. I, I, and I really want to stress this, you know, I think folks have a perception within the disability community, you know, not, not to, um, you know, besmirch on, you know, the folks that have come before, but, you know, there's a perception that what advocacy means is, you know, it, it's about, you know, chaining yourself to a fence or lying in front of a bus. And it's not, that's part of what you can do for advocacy, but it's not what everybody has to do, you know, and the folks that do it, do it for a very good reason. Um, but you know, there are many different tools in the advocacy toolbox, right? So, you know, there's, there's direct action, which is, you know, protesting, you know, getting arrested, et cetera. It's, you know, good for specific things. It's good for, um, you know, raising awareness on an issue. 
calling attention to ongoing or potential harm. Very effective at that. It's not as good at, you know, let, you know, getting, you know, legislators to co-sponsor a bill. It's, you know, much less effective at doing that. Um, you know, there's, you know, legal advocacy, you know, going to the courts, you know, um, that, that can be very effective at, um, you know, making change large and small, but it, it, it can also take a very long time. And, you know, it, it can be, you know, frustrating to some folks, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's you no know, court dates, there's a lot of action on one day, and then, you know, you have to wait, you know, a while, you know, for, you know, decisions, et cetera. So, you know, it can be frustrating to some folks, but, you know, it, it's also effective, but, you know, it's effective for specific things. And there's legislative advocacy, which, you know, is what I'm most familiar with. Um, and, you know, it's about, you know, you want to embrace a comprehensive advocacy strategy. It's about, you know, phone calls, emails, meetings with, you know, legislators and their staff and, you know, being very consistent about it, being very, um, you know, uh, you know, doing a lot of follow-up, making sure that you're, um, you know, staying in touch with, um, you know, the, the legislative office you're dealing with. And, you know, it, it, it can be, um, you know, depending on, you know, how much you want to put into it, um, you know, you can spend a lot of time on it. You can spend a little bit of time on it. Um, but, you know, it's, it's so important and, you know, folks can do a lot uh, without having to do a lot. If you get my drift, um, you know, especially when we all band together and we, you know, all take the actions that we need to take. So, you know, for this particular program, you know, all we're asking folks to do really, if you sign up, you know, it's, it's very simple. Um, you know, when we send out action alert emails from United Spinal, we just want folks to click on the link, uh, make sure that your info is in there. Correct. Um, you know, your name, your address, et cetera. And, you know, if you want to add a personal message, there's room for that. If you want to add you know, personalize a little bit at the top, you can do that, but then you just click, you know, send message and that's it. It can, it takes as, you know, as uh, little time as, as a minute of your day. It's, you know, that simple, you know, and if folks want to, you know, share that on social media, you know, uh, get, you know, your friends, your family, you know, your networks to, to, uh, you know, amplify that and to, you know, get them to participate as well. That's great. Nobody's expected to do that. You don't have to do that, but it'd be great if folks did. And, you know, it, it, if, you know, United Spinal is having a meeting with a, you know, a, a member of Congress, a representative, a senator, uh, you know, from your state or district, uh, you know, we say, okay, here's what we have on our list. You know, let's reach out to these folks and see if they want to participate. And if you don't want to, you don't have to, you know, we're not going to you know, twist any arms, but, you know, we know who we have, you know, in these areas and we can reach out to, to folks and see if they want to participate, but we're not going to make anybody do anything, you know, so it's very, you know, really, I want to stress, we're not asking for a lot of people's time. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, very simple what we're trying to do. And I look at it this way um, too, Steve, even if it does take a lot of time, it's worth it. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I think we need to, get to the point where we have to be uncomfortable, you know, with doing things that's going to benefit us. But I'm glad that you and the team has made it uh, really easy for us to do so. So we appreciate that uh, for you doing that for us. But, but I think our community really has to get to the point in our advocacy and in our thought process that if things take time, it's okay because it's going to change and 
change our minds, change ideas, move mountains. And, yeah. and it's okay if it takes time, but we appreciate what you guys are doing to, to help us out, Steve, you know, because it really, it really shows just how much, um, uh, United Spinal has done to, to make sure that this process is, you know, almost seamless for us to do. And then you and Alex and then the rest of the team over there are there fighting for us. We really appreciate that because we know it's not a, it's not an easy job, you know, lobbying and, and, and just, just, just uh, compelling uh, ones to, to hear what we have to say out there. And another thing that you talked about too, that I wanted to chime in on when it comes to advocacy, I, I think in our community too, I think we feel on a scale of one to 10, when we are trying to get our point across, we always got to take it to a 10. And oftentimes when that happens, people, they're not listening to us anymore. You yeah. know, right. they may just tell us things just to, to shoo us away. But yep. I, I'm, I'm from the old school where if we treat people the way we want to be treated and, and, and remember how we feel when people attack us, when people look down on us, Right. For being disabled, let, let, let's remember those things. And right. when we're talking to that Congress person, if we're talking to that professional and we have frustration, you know, let's just talk to my like human beings. Hey, you know, right. this is well, this is what's happening now. There may be there may come a time we have to say take it to a 10, but we we stop we start at one, you right. know, and we leave it at one for a little while. Right. So I'm so glad that you that you shared that. And and what are some other things you could share with us, uh, Steve, um, when it comes to advocacy, when it comes to just mobilization and things that the community can do to really help out? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it, um, you know, you, you bring up, you know, you, you don't want to start at a 10. And, you know, I have seen, um, you know, in, in my time on Capitol Hill, um, you know, there would be folks who, you know, started at a 10 and they didn't get anywhere. In fact, you know, because they started at a 10, um, you know, they, they got shut down because of, you know, they, they would take things over the line. So, you know, I can recall, you know, for example, um, you know, when I was, you know, in, in the Senate, um, you know, there was a, a, an individual who, um, you know, was advocating for a particular bill, um, you know, and she was very, very forceful, um, very aggressive in the manner in which she went about it. And, you know, it got to the point where, um, you know, she, uh, called up, you know, the front office and, you know, was, you know, verbally harassing, you know, the young staffer, um, you know, not too long out of college, um, you know, who answer, was answering the phones. And so, you know, after that, we just had to say, look, you know, you took it over the line, you know, you went too far and, you know, we're not going to engage with you. We're not going to, we're not going to sign on to this bill because of what you did. You know, you stepped over the line and you, you know, verbally abused, you know, our colleague. And so, you know, I think, you know, folks have to, you know, as you say, approaches from a place of, you know, you want to be respectful. You want to be, you know, direct and, you know, you know, forcefully advocate for what you're trying to do, but you also want to make sure that you're doing it in a way where you're not burning any bridges, uh, where you're trying to establish a relationship, establish a partnership with the staffers that you're interacting with. Um, because it really is, um, you know, having been on the other side of it, it really is a, a two-way relationship between the advocate and the staff. Um, you know, the staff is there um, to do two things. Um, they're there to make, them, make their boss look good 
And they're also there to make themselves look good as they, you know, want to advance their career. So, you know, if, if an advocate were to bring an issue to a particular staffer that, you know, seems like a, you know, a, a no brainer kind of an issue that, you know, impacts, you know, you know, their community, um, you know, that there's a lot of people, you know, supportive of that issue, you know, back home, et cetera, you know, and that there's a way to, you know, get their, their boss to look good for supporting that issue, then, you know, it's, it's only in their favor that they do it. Right. So, you know, you want to be thinking about it in terms of establishing a relationship, a dialogue with the staff, with that, you know, the congressional office, that legislative office, you know, because, you know, for so many issues within our community, you know, you would think that, you know, it would be, you know, a no brainer kind of thing for these offices to support. Well, you know, why aren't they supporting a lot of these issues? Because they haven't heard from people. They haven't heard from folks in our community, or at least not in the numbers that in some offices, you know, there will be a certain threshold of, okay, you know, if I hear from, you know, X number of people on this issue, then I'm going to sit up and take notice. But on so many issues, you know, I found during my time on the Hill, there just wasn't that critical mass. There wasn't, a, there weren't enough folks who, who would write in, who would call in, you know, uh, either in, in general or on a consistent basis. And so, you know, there, you know, wasn't that relationship form, that dialogue form where they would say, Hey, you know, it, it's in our interest to, to, to sit up and take notice of this community and to, you know, support what they're trying to do. So, you know, it, it if we can get to a point where, Certainly, you know, with United Spinal, um, you know, if we can get, you know, and right now, as I say, we have 482 advocates who have signed up through our district mobilization program. You know, my own personal goal is, you know, something around 2000. If we can get 2000 people across the country to sign up for this and participate, we can make a whole lot of noise. Yeah, absolutely. Get, get into some good trouble, right? Yeah, exactly. So we could do now, I really appreciate that, uh, Steve, um, helping us to see just how important, how important this is. And Steve, um, again, if ones would like to like to sign up and, and, and to be a part of this, so uh, what's the, what's the best way for them to do so again? So the sign up form you can find at unitedspinal.org slash grassroots dash advocacy dash network that's where the sign up form is and it's you know very it's a you know it's a short form it just asks for your your name your your address you know city state zip code your email your phone number um and you know who your member of congress is um you know that's you know that's all we're looking for um you know and you know you you it, you know take a minute to, to fill that out and send it in i keep a very watchful eye on the, um, the signups that come in. And so I'm updating constantly, um, you know, as they come in and, you know, in the month of April, we, we had a, uh, a you know, a record breaking month. We had 107 new advocates sign up in the month of April alone, which was fantastic. Um, but, you know, we're, we want to keep it going. And, you know, as we, you know, push our, 75th anniversary activities, you know, on the advocacy and policy side, um, you know, it's a big part of what we're trying to do. Um, you know, we've got in, in our department, we're running 
uh, a couple of challenges. Uh, so we've got our 75th anniversary advocacy challenge. Um, so, you know, we're offering, uh, you know, significant monetary prizes for folks who participate. Um, for chapters that sign up, the, the chapter that signs up the most advocates over the course of, of this year uh, will win uh, a significant monetary prize. Um, the chapter that has the most uh, action alerts come from advocates within their chapter area, they'll also get a significant monetary prize. For individual advocates, everybody that signs up for this district mobilization program who goes to unitedspinal.org slash grassroots-advocacy-network and fills out that form, everybody who does that will be entered into a lottery. And at the end of the year, you your name could be pulled out of the hat and you could win a significant amount of money. Wow. So and the advocate that sends in the most action alerts. And there's more. <laughs> will also win a significant amount of money. Wow. Um, we're also running our uh, 75th anniversary recognition challenge. So at the federal level, we're pushing for um, federal recognition in Congress um, of our 75th anniversary. And we've been talking to, you know, different uh, congressional offices about, um, you know, we're, you know, we're looking for a resolution in Congress, um, you know, offices, you know, individual members of Congress have said, oh, we'll, you know, be happy to issue a proclamation about it. You know, we're happy to, you know, go to the, to the floor of the House of Representatives and, you know, go on C-SPAN and, you know, you know, read a statement about, you know, your 75th anniversary and all the good work you're doing, which is great. Um, but we're also, you know, we want this to, you know, not just be us at the federal level, we want, you know, across the country, we want folks to celebrate our 75th anniversary and all the, you know, the work that we've done over the last 75 years and continue to do. So, you know, we've had, um, we've had uh, in folks in different states, um, you know, go to their state legislators, to their mayors um, and, you know, say, hey, could you, you know, pass a resolution uh, or issue a proclamation um, for our 75th anniversary? Um, and, uh, you know, we've had already um, uh, it, folks in, uh, in Pennsylvania, in Georgia, in New Jersey, and now as of today in Tennessee, uh, in the Tennessee legislature, they have uh, uh, either passed a resolution honoring our 75th anniversary or issued a proclamation. And, you know, I know that there are folks in states around the country who are doing that, uh, which is fantastic. But as part of our challenge, you know, we are, uh, we're also giving out prizes for those folks who get those done in their state legislatures or get their mayors to do it. So, you know, everybody that gets their state legislature, whether it's, you know, a chapter or an individual advocate who accomplishes this, they'll be entered into a lottery for a prize and everybody who, you know, whether it's a chapter or an individual advocate who gets a proclamation from their mayor um, or a city council or, you know, any local elected body, um, they'll also be entered uh, to win a prize. And if folks want to uh, get more information about that, uh, they can uh, go to unitedspinal.org slash 75th dash anniversary slash advocacy dash challenges and you can read more information about that and we have uh, a template 
uh, for folks um, uh, to take to their elected officials um, with text for them to uh, to pass as a whether a resolution or a proclamation, et cetera. So um, folks around the country, um, even if you're a chapter, if you're you know just an individual uh, person, you know you have the tools available to you to go and get this done. Um, and we're looking for folks around the country to do that. Wow, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. I see what you guys are doing. That's awesome, and 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 again, I appreciate what, what you and Alex, um, the rest of the team. Um, you guys are just awesome. You know, we we appreciate you. You know what you guys are doing for us, and and um, you know, hey, let's do this. You know, let's make this happen. Yeah. And, you know, in the words of Master Yoda, Empire Strikes Back: Do or do not. There is no try. So we're going to do this, and we're going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Great talking with you, Steve. We got to definitely do it again. We have to do a, another interview where we talk about the success of this amazing uh, um, thing that we're doing right here with this uh, this challenge. That'd be great. Awesome. Well, hey, will you take care of yourself? You stay well. And uh, and please um, tell your three-year-old that we said hello and, and, your, and your lovely wife as well, too. We really appreciate all that you do for us, Steve. Okay. Thanks a lot, Paul. A huge shout out to Steve Lieberman. Enjoyed chatting with him and his experience of being on Capitol Hill. But not only that, a person living with a disability like like many of us and some really, really good advice on what we can do um, to just help out, help out this movie. And did you like all the incentives that we can try to attain, put ourselves in line to attain? I mean, they, they are really pulling out no stops with really helping us to spread the word. And how you do that, remember again, go to unitedspinal.org. That's the website. You can check out some of the great things there. Again, like we talked about earlier, call to action, uh, partner with us, contact us, um, ways to give. See, all these things that we can definitely be a part of. And we are so happy um, that United Spinal is around for, for many of us. I mean, think about it. 75 years. If United Spinal did not exist, think about some of the things that we probably wouldn't have. Ramps on buses, ramps on trains, uh, and a host of other things. Uh, The ADA. A lot of people who are associated with uh, United Spinal was responsible for that that legislation. So we very much appreciative. Make sure you go to the website. Check us out. And until next time, please take care of yourself. Please stay well. And thank you so much for tuning in to the United on Wheels podcast. I'm your host, Paul Amadeus Lane. Until next time, I love you guys' life. Take care.